Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about how to help kids deal with anxiety. It is back to school season, and with that, new classrooms, new friends, new teachers, a bunch of new stuff, and uh, as humans pretty frequently don't deal with new stuff as well as we hope sometimes. So for this, I have brought on a a new friend, and I'm very excited to introduce her to the podcast, uh, Kate Birch. Hi, Kate. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Kate has actually taken over for Leah, who uh, has been on the podcast before. Leah was on some of our early episodes and some more recent episodes. Uh, And Kate is now nannying for Leah's kids as Leah moves on to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into kind of the meat of the episode, uh, let's hear a little bit of background about you. Sure. So I just moved to Chicago from Indianapolis. Yeah. I lived there for about five years. I'm from that area, but um, I lived in Indianapolis four or five years and I have a degree in theater and um, do a lot of improv and comedy and stuff like that, which was kind of the reason for moving here because it's it's the the best place for it. (laughs) And um, but in Indianapolis, I was a nanny for a couple of years. I was also um, an ABA therapist for a couple of years and then a case manager for people with disabilities. Wonderful. So this is a really great episode to have you on um, because I, I feel like you you know how to help calm people down or help them calm themselves down. I do have a little experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so to get us started with helping kids deal with anxiety, uh, what are some basic strategies to help teach children to calm themselves down when they're feeling really anxious about something? Yeah, um, I think identifying why they're upset yeah also precursor kind of behavior like arguing over a toy or something like that or even maybe you know if uh you know if a child is you know sensitive has sensory issues maybe like a loud noise so um anything identifying those types of things I think Mm -hmm. can be very helpful and if you can catch in time you can de-escalate it so that you know either anxiety doesn't get worse or, you know, a behavior doesn't get worse or something like that. (laughs) Right. Yes. Because uh, what is that? There's a quote that I see go around to the nanny groups on Facebook pretty frequently. That's like the children who need love the most will ask for it in in some of the most unloving ways. Yeah. I've seen that before too. Yeah. And so uh, just taking those behaviors and seeing them as uh, calls for help rather than just behavior issues. Sure, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. Uh, and it and the more there are, especially if they start coming out of kind of nowhere. So if you have a, a kid that's pretty like go with the flow, uh, you know, usually that's a second child. <laughs> Not always, but usually the second child is slightly more go with the flow because they have to be. And if you have a kid that's go with the flow and then they uh, start acting out or picking fights or things like that, then yeah, exploring why that's happening uh, when it's a change in behavior. I feel like that's especially a red flag of like, oh, we need to talk about some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if they're old enough to understand to have that explain to them or even express, you know, asking them questions, well, why do you think you're feeling this way or what, you know? I don't think any child is too young to start having those conversations with because we don't always know why. Even if we think we do, it could be something totally different. We shouldn't assume that we understand why they're working the way they are. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And teaching them to start asking those questions when they're feeling uh, out of sorts to recognize, hey, I'm not feeling like myself right now and why is that I'm not I'm not doing the things that I usually do yeah um I that's invaluable uh that's a such an important life skill that I've I feel like a lot of people didn't necessarily learn or it wasn't taught to them they learned it uh by having to learn it through life and I so I didn't I didn't yeah. learn to later in life. Definitely. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, I mean, there were certain things that I learned earlier in life. Uh, but yes, I feel like teaching kids to do that uh, is something that we as nannies can give them that they might not get elsewhere necessarily because yeah. teachers have 30, <laughs> you know, kids, maybe not in such a young classroom, but at least 10 you know, kids running around. So it's hard to really check in with them. So that's a gift we're given as nannies is we've got one to three usually so we can really check in. Um, Another one that I have found to be really helpful for teaching kids is breathing exercises. Yeah. Um, So I actually have on, I have a Fitbit and on my Fitbit there is like a lead breathing exercise that will like buzz when you're supposed to breathe in and then buzz again when you're supposed to breathe out and I have let some of my nanny kids in the past like put it on and do it with it and they're so into it and so we practice it when they're not upset (laughs) yeah that's an awesome idea in my experience with ABA therapy mm-hmm. um, that's applied behavior analysis therapy it's most commonly used for people on the autism spectrum Great. Um, so a lot of my kids we noticed starting uh, this thing called BRT which is um, breathing relaxation training mm. and it's essentially meditation so um, there's a tons of articles online there's probably YouTube videos too but we would do the same thing. We would practice it when they weren't upset or kind of like those precursors I was talking about before. If one of, if something happened, we would say, Oh, do you want to take a break? They would have the option. We wouldn't ever force them to do this, but we noticed improvements in a lot of our kiddos. Um, One individual would ask to take breaks by like, we wouldn't even have to, isn't Ask. that such a fun feeling? It was so amazing. When you've been practicing a technique and then the kid does it on their own. Oh, I always like do a little victory dance in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> After I witness that or hear it happening. Yeah. And so uh, can you talk us through that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So for with a child you're nannying, find a quiet room away from other kids. <laughs> um, you know, if one of the parents has an office and they're not home during the day, that would probably be, and they don't mind you going in there, that would probably be a perfect spot or a guest room or even their bedroom if nobody else is in there. We always have, or I always use in the past, bean bags or some, or even a bed um, and laying with your legs straight out. Um, 
and turned out and then mm-hmm. your palms flat against the mattress or the floor wherever you happen to be head propped up and just breathing from your stomach the room dark and put on some meditation music or instrumental music or you know that's optional right um but starting at two minutes or three minutes and doing that a couple of times a day and uh building up to 10 or 15 minutes and it's kind of like a nap for your mind without right. actually sleeping and it really, I've seen really positive effects. Even for myself, I, I do it sometimes if I yeah. have a super busy day and I just kind of need to recharge a little bit. I'll do some breathing relaxation training myself and kind of recharge for the rest of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I, I love the idea of giving that to a child as a uh, taking a break. And because, you know, sometimes we timeouts can get confusing with like a punishment of being away whereas that the child has much more autonomy there they're deciding if they want to go do that they are um just yeah taking a little a little break right yeah and it's definitely learning to take care of their self too Mm -hmm. and yeah never it's never a negative thing it's never a punishment definitely a positive thing and um it's also nice when you're starting if you decide to start that with one of your kids to kind of talk them through it and remind them you know keep your legs still um keep your shoulders relaxed you know make sure breathing from your tummy and taking deep breaths and right. to kind of and talk in a soothing voice like not <laughs> keep your legs you know just right in a soothing voice and um gradually fade yourself out over time is it until they can do it independently. Yeah, so offering them that scaffolding to then uh, be able to do it themselves. So then you can take away the scaffolding as they build their foundation. Yes. That's so. That's such a great uh, technique. I, I really appreciate you bringing that to us. Oh, of course. Um, another strategy that I think is helpful, especially with younger children or children that are less verbal, children because there certainly are children who can tell you exactly how they're feeling and then there's some that are like um I don't know (laughs) whatever (laughs) and um and so with with less verbally attuned children I think that um something to offer them is can you draw it can you draw how you're feeling because in that way um we can see more uh I know in psychology, they certainly use that technique. Art therapy is huge, mm-hmm. and and for a good reason. It's great. Um, but yeah, so if they're using a lot of blue, point that out, and you know, after they're done, say, oh, "Man, I see you used a lot of blue. What do you think that? What do you think that's about?" Um, and they they might just say, "I like the color blue." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh, seen that with some kids I've worked with, as well as using. Um, like a chart the chart of faces like how do I feel today and that's because I've you know had kids who don't like drawing because they don't think they're good at it so or you know or just that they don't want they don't want to do anything you suggest (laughs) (laughs) so that you know that's another option I've seen work too is if they don't know the word for it they can the faces yeah, are just, beneficial. Just point to it yeah. for sure. And in in that same idea, uh, reading reading a book about emotions yeah. and saying like, "Wow, just, you know, have you ever felt sad, happy, angry? You know, all of them." <laughs> yeah. Um, and and also in that same vein, playing pretend, which we've talked about on the podcast a lot, but. Uh, doing some like you know role quote-unquote role play Mm -hmm. of let's pretend to be mad like how does this make our body feel when we're like what do we do when we're mad and so getting them used to talking about emotions when they're not feeling them (laughs) necessarily is a good way to then build that vocabulary with them yeah because I think sometimes in the middle of you know someone feeling anxious or upset if you sometimes that can be kind of like that's what I'm looking for not a not a trigger but like just like um 
a negative a negative question to yeah. ask how you're feeling it makes it even worse or right. you know yeah so right. definitely it's you know trying that when they're not upset and yeah that's great yeah yeah and uh as katie leineke says frequently on this podcast anger is a secondary emotion it is a sign that you were already feeling something first so as we talked about with anxiety you know usually comes from a place of fear which then can manifest in a myriad of ways yeah. uh one of which can be anger but one of which can be sadness or or just a general stressed out heightened i'm breathing quickly a, a panic attack basically yeah. um and so having the vocabulary to talk about that before that starts happening so key <laughs> Yes. And so that brings me into more nuanced strategies for dealing with uh, or helping kids deal with their own anxieties. Um, so teaching them like the meditation or what what are the um, breathing relaxation training or BRT. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, teaching them more nuanced strategies and so those are things that you definitely have to have already talked about uh before the moment of a panic attack or a temper tantrum or things like that because if you try to teach them if they have no foundation and you try to teach them in that moment it's not gonna go well (laughs) Uh, and so yeah so we've already discussed some of those um but i i do think the more you talk about emotions and even sharing your own emotions there's days that I'm nannying that I'm like man you know I'm I'm feeling sad today and and then we talk about it because if you're sharing your emotions then they're more likely to share their emotions yeah I think that's great and I think it's also a really important responsibility we have to kind of teach empathy and show that it's a good thing to care about others and that, you know, not everyone is going to be on a hundred percent every day because, you know, we're human beings. We're not robots and it's okay to see that. And it's good to be an example of that too, as long as it's not getting, you know, in the way of our, our worker, you know? Right. Um, but yeah. 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 Checking some things at the door and there's certainly things that you don't talk about right. oh, with yeah. your nanny kids. Yeah. Life events that <laughs> you don't talk about. But right. uh, but I do feel that sharing some of your feelings is certainly oh, beneficial because it's good for them to know that, you know, everyone goes through it. Oh, absolutely. Especially because for kids, they have less life experience just because they're younger. And so they don't know sometimes that the feelings they're having are normal, that everyone has them, because especially if no one has let them see that before, then they can get the idea that I'm I'm weird. Like, this oh. isn't a normal feeling because my parents never act like this. My nanny never acts like this. Mm-hmm. My friends at school don't act like this. And it's like, no, people just hide it from you. Oh, yeah. And you I know. think, especially in those instances, sharing your life experiences, you know, oh, I was really nervous on my first day of, or, or my first day to new school or what, you know. Right. And, you know, that it's normal and that, they should talk about it with you after and or even just asking them questions how it went and how they felt and did they you know talk to anybody or what you know right yeah and uh speaking of asking questions I found an article it's on lemonlimeadventures.com uh but it's 13 Oh, no, it doesn't give a number. It is just helpful phrases to say to an anxious child. Uh, Because a lot of times if we just say, like, don't worry about it, then we're writing them off and they're probably not going to bring it up again because they brought it up to you and you said, eh, that's not a big deal. (laughs) Um, And so instead of saying, like, you'll be fine or don't worry about it, recognize that their worry is real and you can say something like I'm here and you're safe um that one's 
harder if it if they're feeling anxious about something that they have to do without you so a class that they're yes. going to or um go, or going to a new classroom mm-hmm. um so that one is harder but if it is something that you can stick with them through than just saying I'm here and you're safe and we'll get through this together yeah definitely and I think to piggyback on that too you can teach them to say something you know like to themselves in those moments like I am safe (laughs) I you know that can be a calming mechanism too to be able to kind of say those positive affirmations to themselves if you know that's something they're able to understand yes for sure um and then another that is so helpful for so many situations that we've talked about on the podcast, but especially this one is, is tell me more about it. Can I know more about that? Uh, I hear that you're feeling nervous. Tell me more. Um, and just letting them talk without yeah. trying to direct them or just cause a lot of times, even I do this, you know, you need a sounding board of like, Oh, I was, <laughs> I was scared that the, you know, the teacher was going to yell at me. And as you talk about it, you're like, oh, but that's probably not going to happen for this reason and this reason and this reason. Um, So the more you talk about it, the more you can hear it. And then a lot of times that quells the fear just by saying it out loud. Yeah. Um, Especially if shame is involved uh at all uh Brene Brown I've talked about her on the podcast before I love her um she talks about one of the best ways to defeat shame is to name it shame doesn't do well against uh being talked about (laughs) and so if their anxiety is coming from a place of shame just them talking about it is so much of the battle already won so if you can just prompt them to tell you more uh, that's huge. Um, another one is asking them how big their worry is. Uh, so, you know, is this like grizzly bear sized worry or is this like a porcupine sized worry, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that one I think is, is really fun and you can get kind of into funny territory <laughs> with it, yeah. you know, depending on, the scale that you use uh, all the time, or even that day, because um, you can you can say, you know, would it would your worry fit inside of a microwave? <laughs> and just trying to give an image to them of how big their worry is helps a lot, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great skill to use and think about. <laughs> and yeah, because yeah, then you know when they actually have to think about oh in comparison to all the worries I've ever had this one's not so big right and I've used um is this a big deal or a little deal and not to be not in a dismissive way just what do you think is this a big deal or a little deal you know like not getting to be the first one to get into the car you know like (laughs) that's probably a little deal but it's kind of it's nice for them to identify okay this isn't something I really should be upset about probably Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this worth ruining your day? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then another one is what do you want to tell your worry? Um, and so just even saying like, talk to me like I'm your worry and just tell me, you know, and you can, they can be like bossy with it of like, go away. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think writing your worry a letter too would be a great one too. And, you know, putting it in the shredder, you know, letting it, letting it be destroyed kind of. Yeah. Or, um, or yeah, giving your worry, like an image of you could do a craft and make like worry bugs. And then, you know, if they're feeling worried about something, bringing those out and being like, let's talk to the worry bug. Let's tell the worry bug how, how we, you know, get out of here. And like, I don't have to listen to you. I love that. Yeah. And that's also a really great way to start that conversation of, we all have that voice in our head that tells us we can't. 
and if you listen to that that voice, then it will win. And so just giving them the skills of you don't have to listen to that voice. Yeah. <laughs> if there's if there's a voice in your head telling you you can't do it, then tell it to go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really like that one a lot. I probably will use that at some point um, with my kiddos. Uh, and we already talked about can you draw it? Um, yeah, which I think is is great but I do uh appreciate your point that a lot of times when kids are feeling anxious especially if they are perfectionists at all um or starting to get into the territory of it has to be perfect that drawing already at that young young age <laughs> they're like I can't I, know, yeah. I can't draw well mm-hmm. um which is is so sad but <laughs> Um, another one that they suggest is let's change the ending. So having them tell the story of how they think their day is going to go, like if it is going back to school, worry, like having them tell the worst case scenario and then giving it a different ending. And then even you can go through several different endings. Like, how could this change? And this one, I think, is kind of like the um, Boggart scene in Harry Potter. Like, if you can make the ending funny uh, instead of the scary thing that they're worried about happening, if you can make that funny, then I think you've defeated the fear a lot of the time. Yeah, I think doing worst case scenario is really helpful. It has been even to me personally, you know, like moving here, I was talking to a friend and he was like, okay, let's say this, this, (laughs) and this all goes wrong. And then you just move back to where everybody loves you. And, you know, like, and like that was so helpful. You know, I think that's a great coping mechanism and a great way to say, oh, okay. Even if the fifth worst thing happens, it's, I'm still going to live. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then you can also, you get a better idea of what they're actually worried about. Yes. Because their worst case scenario will reflect more about the actual worry. So if they're worried that the teacher is going to yell at them, that's very different than they're worried other kids won't like them mm-hmm. or that they're worried that they will have no one to play with. Or they're worried that school is too hard. You know, those are all very different worries. And so just saying, I don't like school, I don't want to go to school, doesn't give you that much information. But if you explore it, especially with a worst case scenario, because then you get to know their number one (laughs) worry. Yeah, then you can figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, And help them come up with strategies of like, if it seems like it's going in that direction, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so if it seems like it's going in the direction of I have no one to play with, what can I do about that? And talking about how there's probably at least one other kid in the class that also feels that yeah. way. And if you went up and introduced yourself to that kid, yeah. you would be a hero and you have someone to yes. play with. Um, something that I've seen that certain elementary and I think some middle school, although I'm curious if it works as well in middle school, the a technique that they use is to do the buddy bench, which I think we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, but it's a bench that's on the playground that if a kid is sitting on it, they're saying, I don't have anyone to play with right now. And then that's a signal to everyone to go up and ask them if they want to join in in their game. So if someone's on the buddy bench, then they're looking for a buddy. Um, And they've said in elementary schools that it works wonders for kids not uh, being left out. Yeah, that's beautiful. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, and it does take vulnerability, but if you make it, um, if you make it, 
clear that everyone can use it that way, then I think that it's better. But that is why I said I don't know that it would work as well in yeah. middle school. Because <laughs> it is so hard to be vulnerable because oh you're just, goodness. you just are. You're just mm-hmm. like an open uh, source of emotion all the time in middle school. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, so I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear if it would work in a middle school, but definitely in an elementary school and definitely with the age of kids that usually nannies are with they're in such a kind place normally you know they normally operate on yeah we can play together <laughs> yeah um and so i think teaching uh kids if they are feeling scared about not having a friend that the best thing you can do is go make a friend, you know, Mm -hmm. go make a friend with another kid that looks like they don't have anyone to play with. Um, If you don't like your stars, change them, you know? And even if there are a group of kids playing, just going up and trying to join in. Yeah. And hopefully those kids will be kind and just, you know, (laughs) nine times out of 10, it's probably going to work out well. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, yeah. And if it doesn't, then tomorrow's a new day and then that's information that we find out after school and we talk about that (laughs) um and then uh what other things do you know about whatever you're scared about so this one I think works more with um like bees if they're afraid of bees (laughs) you know uh then researching more about bees would be helpful Because the more that they know, the more that they can understand. Because bees are so cool. Um, And so just introducing that to them I think is so cool. Yeah, I actually was talking about bees with my kids last week. Uh (laughs) We were parked uh, by where there were a bunch. And one of my kids was like, oh, I can't move. There's too many bees. I need Uh help. And uh, I just talked them through it to, you know, say, well, they're just, just... scared of you as you are them and if you leave them alone they'll leave you alone and um just kind of even explaining that seemed to help in that moment yeah for sure or um like storms yes that one is huge Mm -hmm. and you know going to the library and checking out books about how weather works and um because i i've come to realize that a lot of times yeah, kids, why would they know that, you know, thunder is not actually what you should be scared of because mm-hmm. the thunder is just the sound. Actually, I should research this because I don't super understand how thunder works, but it's the lightning that's the actual scary thing. Right. Um, and a thunder is a sign of that. But mm-hmm. if you're hearing the thunder, you didn't get struck by the lightning. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, or even sharks or something, you know, yeah. kind of. Things that they aren't really going to encounter, but even being in wa- – I've, you know, watched kids before that even being in a pool was scary to them because they were afraid of that, <laughs> you know, because of TV and movies of, like, the sharks or whatever. And, yeah, look, humanizing – as silly as that sounds, like, humanizing, like, a shark or, you know, a tornado or whatever it is can really – Yeah. Or um, on this list on the article, uh, it says elevators, which I've never experienced a kid being afraid of elevators, but I could totally understand why Mm. you would, because if you don't know how they work, or sometimes if you do, (laughs) I've been stuck in an elevator before. It is it is scary. Um, And so just knowing more about how they work is is great and fascinating. Um, And there's actually... I think it was a This American Life where they talked about, uh, I think it's called, the episode is called Buttons, and they talked about how smart elevators are. Like they, the, uh, the computer in an elevator nowadays will like keep track of where it needs to be at a certain time. So like in the morning of an office building, they will all go down to the first floor to take people up. But come 4 p.m., they'll start being in the upper floors ready to bring people down, which is... That's fascinating. Yeah, it's super fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you found... if With an older kid, you know... Also, the podcast Stuff You Should Know. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that podcast. And they never 
curse on it so you can uh, let kids listen to it. And they cover so many things that I bet that they will have an episode. I think they have like 500 episodes. So I bet they will have an episode about whatever the kid's fear is. And you can listen to it with them if it's an older kid that can sit through a 45-minute podcast. (laughs) Um, But I've used them with some of my older kids. Uh, One was fascinated with cicadas, and we listened to the podcast about cicadas, and I learned a bunch, and he learned a bunch, and (laughs) it was great. So... That's a, those are some good resources uh, that are slightly different than just going to the library and getting a book, although I love just going to the library and getting mm-hmm. a book, and I highly recommend that. Um, and yeah, on your point of sharks, that's a great example of when researching, uh, like how often does does someone actually get hurt from this is a great way to help de-escalate fear because you're more likely to be killed by a coconut than a shark you know yeah. <laughs> like the statistic probability of a shark attack is so low um that i think that's helpful if you talk Definitely, about that yeah um another one is which calming strategy do you want to use so this is when uh you needed to have talked about them <laughs> before uh they're the anxiety is upon them. Um, but you know, if you have talked about it, then you can be like, what do you want to do? Do you want, do you want to draw? Do you want to breathe? Do you want to go take a break? Do you want to talk to me about it? (laughs) Do you want to make up a play, uh, about your fear? You know? And Mm -hmm. I think that one's, that one's really great. It just takes some, uh, doing. Because you have to have already <laughs> laid the groundwork for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, another one that they suggest is saying when your kid is feeling anxious, saying, I'm going to take a deep breath. And this one I think is great, especially for younger kids, like letting them climb up in your lap and feel you breathe. Because mm-hmm. um, just that alone will help calm them down. Um, and then it's not it's nothing that they have to do. You just, you're like, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. right now. You do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but, you know, showing them, letting them lay their hand on your upper chest or, you know, in a hug where they can feel you breathe um, is huge because a lot of times their breath will end up matching yours. Yeah. So um, another one which uh, I think – You'll appreciate this because you're an improv artist. (laughs) Uh, It's scary and. So Mm -hmm. yes, anding their fear of being like, I recognize that it's scary. And and then helping them come up with like, and you're safe. Or and you've conquered this before. Mm -hmm. Or and you have a plan. Like you know how to deal with this. So it is scary and (laughs) you're capable you know, um, which I just, I love that so much. Yeah, I think that's great to remind kids that you've, you know, lived through this before, you know, it's, it once you get through it, it's, wasn't it, like, not as scary <laughs> as you thought it was, you know, that they are going to come out on the other side. Yeah. You know, eventually, and <laughs> they, they'll probably be the better for it, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, because um, with some of my kids, the... It's, uh, it never fails that the first day of whatever, their new class, their new activity, their new fill-in-blank, um, the first day, they're going to be anxious no matter what. And reminding them that, you know, well, you felt anxious when you started your ballet class, you know, at the beginning of the summer. And and how did it turn out? And they'll be like, oh. I did I had a lot of fun and I made friends and um and it's like okay well then you know your soccer class is gonna be similar like Mm -hmm. you know you can feel anxious and you can also know that you're probably gonna have a lot of fun yeah um and then another one is I can't wait to hear about and then fill it in with a detail so Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear about who you play with today um or 
I can't wait to hear about what you learn. Yeah, and I think even I've in the past been like, oh, I'm so jealous that you get to experience Mm. this, you know, really building it up and, you know, pointing out all this, the skills are just like the fun, just pointing out what they're going to be doing and (laughs) saying, oh, wow, not everybody gets to do this. You're so lucky, you know, and that can also help. Yes. And I love uh, fostering gratitude, (laughs) Um, which I think that would help them do is like, I get to go do gymnastics, Mm -hmm. you know, and not everybody gets to go take a gymnastics class. Yeah. Um, Another one is, what do you need from me? So asking them, like, how how can I help? I hear that you're scared. What do you need? How can Mm -hmm. I help? Um, which I think is great. And if they're like, I don't know, then some suggestions <laughs> are, uh, do you need me to listen? Do you need a hug? Do you, uh, need me to help you find a solution? Uh, cause as we've definitely talked about on the podcast before, there's a, every person that I've ever met, there's sometimes when you just want to talk about it and you don't want like a solution yeah you don't want the other person to problem solve and when they do it really irritates you (laughs) um and then there are other times where you're like no I like I want to figure this out and I need your help to figure this out Mm -hmm. um I I can't figure it out right now by myself I need help and so just clarifying um do you want me to listen do you want me to help you problem solve you know do you want to just sit here? Yeah. Do you want to read a book? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that will, I think, be be very helpful. Um, and then the last one is this feeling will pass. Um, and, and clarifying that with, I recognize that it is a very real feeling and it's, I, it's valid. Um, you, your feelings are always valid, but every feeling passes. <laughs> so, yes. you know, if you don't like this feeling, then it it will pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes time, you know, is the best way to get through something is just giving it time. Yeah. And, you know, that emphasizing that it's okay not to, you know, it's okay to feel this way and yes. that you know, you can't always be happy or content, you know, that's just part of being alive and without dismissing it, of course. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that one I do think is, um, it's tricky to not yeah. get into the territory of, uh, you know, you'll be fine. Right. Uh, versus this will pass mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, focus on the, the relief yes. <laughs> that's on the horizon mm-hmm. of, you know, I'm nervous about my first day. Well, your first day will be over at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so if you've done everything, um, that we've talked about and nothing's really working, then just saying, well, at the end of the day, <laughs> you will be done mm-hmm. and it will pass. Um, and, and we'll all be here together again, you know? Um, and one thing that I have done with kids in the past is the change your attitude song. Um, so if they're feeling, this one's really good for anger cause it's kind of a silly song. Um, and I just do like change your attitude, change, change your attitude, change your attitude, change, change your attitude, mad. And then like let them be as angry as they want to mm-hmm. be. And then we like do it again and we're a different emotion. And so uh, then we're like happy, then we're sad, then we're, and we try to like go from, you know, this is a one of being mad and then this is a 10 of being mad, you know, and uh, seeing how all that feels. And then we usually try to end on a happier. Yeah. <laughs> and then I fun. check in with them again about, you know, how are you feeling now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, sometimes they're like, I'm still mad. <laughs> I'm like, that's totally yeah. fine. Um, but that is silly and we do a little dance and then uh, usually that helps. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not always, but, <laughs> but that's also a good one for younger kids because they, uh, get to dance it off and, um, they usually buy in to the silliness of it more than older kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of, uh, it, it can be easy to write off a kid's worry as being mm-hmm. silly, you know, quote unquote silly. Um, do you have ideas of like how to show empathy for the kid, even if like there have been times that a kid has said a worry to me and like I have had to hold back laughter because it's so cute mm-hmm. and it's like um but I know it's very real to them. Oh yeah. yeah. I think just supporting them and not trying to offer a solution. I think that's yeah. a really good instance of just listening unless they are looking, you know, for a sol- <laughs> <laughs> that's a tricky one though. Yeah, definitely. But in my experience, I think just listening and comforting yeah. is the best you can do unless they're older in which case you can kind of explore it a little more and maybe talk more about the whys and like the worst case scenario kind of like what we were mentioning before right right totally um and then we've talked a lot about um younger kids versus older kids and how strategies work differently with different Mm -hmm. ages obviously but i do love what you said at the beginning of uh not letting a kid's age dictate too much which strategy you use that almost every strategy can be used with any age it just is about approach not which one can be used but about how you use it and I think it's really important with kids to to not um diminish your vocabulary I think Mm -hmm. you know talking like we would talk to you know kids and I kind of always think of kids as they're just small adults because they're all going to be adults eventually they're only kids for you know a very (laughs) short portion of their life and um not to force them to grow up too soon but you know to you know start dealing and looking at the world in the way that in you know a realistic way and um I think that's really beneficial yeah I completely agree and then finally what do you have any resources that you love to use um, or suggestions of places people can go if they want to look up more about helping kids deal with anxiety? Sure. I think, I honestly think YouTube is like <laughs> just a fantastic resource, especially for kind of the meditation. There's a lot of meditations for kids yes. on YouTube or, or there's a, or, you know, if, you could even incorporate it with nap time. There's like mm-hmm. s- like silly like fall asleep meditation stories mm-hmm. and um, that are calming and also kind of good for imagination too. Um, yeah, I think YouTube is a great resource. I think that would probably be my number number yeah. one that I can think of at least right now for sure. And I will certainly um, post the lemon lime adventures. Uh, what to say to calm an anxious child and I will do that on Facebook and then on the website which Chronicles of Nannia which Nannia is spelled N-A-N-N-Y-A will get you there uh, to see see this particular article that we referenced a lot Um, and then also you while you're at it while you're on your computer looking up more resources um please follow us on instagram and twitter and then on facebook uh that is where we post adorable pictures and (laughs) um and also helpful resources and then uh if you have uh more ideas about this if there's something that you feel like we didn't cover please email in to chronicles of nannia at gmail.com um or if you have a cute story uh or quote that one of your kiddos said that you would like to share um at the end of the podcast i will never use a child's name but i will uh use your name if you would like me to i can also leave it anonymous so either way um 
and you can email those into chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you would go on and write a review of Chronicles of Nania at um, iTunes, that would mean so much to me. It's the best way for us to get more listeners. So um, awesome. Well, we end each episode with a cute quote or story, mm-hmm. and Kate has brought one. Yeah, so as... Martha mentioned I took over for Leah, who's been on the podcast a few times. She's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. I was really lucky to get a lot of overlap time with her and the kids so that we could get to know each other and I get to know the routine and everything. And one morning we were all playing Go Fish and the younger um, boy who I nanny would never say my name when he came to ask me for one of my cards. He would just say you. Uh And Leah was explaining, you know, you should say her name. And I guess this is kind of like a historical thing, like new people. He just does not want to say their name. Yep. And (laughs) (laughs) I've known him for over a year. I don't know that he knows my name. Right. And she's, you know, saying her name is Kate. Uh Or you could call her Kay or you could make up a nickname for her even. And, he was just kind of getting angry about it. He's like, I don't want to. And he's like, let's talk about something else. And um, and we let it go. And then we revisited it later in the game. And uh-huh. Leah's like, yeah, you should say her name. And he goes, people just have different opinions. <laughs> As if my name is an opinion and not just a fact. <laughs> It was hilarious. That is adorable. I love that. People have different opinions. <laughs> That's so cute. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Oh, this was great. Um, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.